Welcome to the on-air home for the Brotherhood of Hunters. Welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Brought to you by Hunt Life. Take aim. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. Good morning and welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. I'm Jeff Lagerman and we've got a full studio and then some. And then some, absolutely. Uh, we've got, uh, oh boy, we're going to have five of us here talking today. And, and holy cow, I'm Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor. Good morning. Morning. Uh, Kirk Waltz. Good morning. And uh, kind of unexpectedly last night, Dave Edwards, our wildlife biologist, calls me and says, hey, I'm coming to town. I said, all right, well, we'll see you in the morning. And, <laughs> and last week, uh, I talked about how, you know, at the shot show, you know, the things that I saw. And, mm-hmm. of course, one of the places that I always have to go is go by Mossy Oak and see my boy Cus Strickland. Sure. And uh, sitting there talking to Cuz, and Cuz was saying, hey, man, he said, we're getting ready to go to Afghanistan. I said, what? And so he said, I'd love to come on the show and talk about it. And I said, I'd love to have you come on the show and talk about it. Sure. And so here he is. Good morning, Cuz. Good morning. How you guys doing? Good morning, Cuz. morning, Cuz. Everybody say their mornings. Come on, Kurt. Good morning. Good morning. There we go. Hey, like we're just, sitting on just, the porch. Just for the record, I'm going to let you guys know that today's the last Saturday of deer season. I'm sitting here talking to y'all while the sun's coming up. Because so. <laughs> I thought about this. It's Dave, I'm, I'm jonesing on the January rut. Oh, man. I thought, because, was yeah. this pre-recorded? <laughs> I was. That's just how high these two guys are on my list, too. That's, I know what they do. Well, you, you know what? I know better. You know why? Because when, when I was in Las Vegas for the shot show, Cuz showed me a picture of a deer that he got on his place, which I got a chance to see this past summer from the Mossy Oak Pro staff uh-huh. team. And if I got a deer like that, Cuz, I wouldn't be worried about hunting the last day of deer season, I can tell you that. Yeah, well, it was a fluke, but I'll take it, you know. And, <laughs> and Dave, there where you of all people know how hard it is to do in my part of the world. You know, my little old farm's surrounded by hunting clubs on three sides and uh you know to see one like that walk out in the daylight a bit of a miracle around here so. Th- that was an absolutely beautiful deer and for those that are wondering where it came from cuz lives in mississippi and how many acres do you have cuz I-, I have 300 right here and then i lease another 250 but it was 90 percent all cow pasture i've been planting pine trees and getting it thick you know my number one goal is to get cover on it i knew i could handle the food so Apparently the cover's there and they're hanging around. So, well, I mean that's. Uh, so I'm, tell us about the buck real quick. Well, yeah, but the first question I asked Cuz, I said, "What is it scored?" Cuz I don't know. I don't know. There you go. I like that. <laughs> he was a big old uh, mainframe nine point, but he had nine kickers, big kickers on him. So wow. He had, wow. He had eight, Eighteen points on him, and I had one trail camera picture of him on November the fifth at three in the morning. You know, just enough to know he was around. But that day, he just uh, he just walked out. You know, it was that time of the year. And uh, the stars aligned, and uh, I shot him with my bow at 14 yards. And I tell you, I, I, you know, I got the deal done, and I sat there, and I got so nervous. I finally I said, I'm going to ease down out of here. I thought I heard him crash, but I'm going to wait, do the normal thing. And as I was walking back to the house to tell my wife what had happened, 
I, I glanced down at my quiver to see if I had three errors or four because it was. I was like, did that just happen or not? But, wow. That just goes to show you no matter how old you are, it still, it still gets you shook up. Yeah, that's cool stuff. I think everybody gets a turn. It was just your turn. Yeah, absolutely. I've had my own place for a long time, and that's actually the first buck I've ever shot on one of my places. So it was a big deal around here. So. Now, 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 cuz, holy cow, I mean, you carry a camera everywhere you go with, with Mossy Oak Productions, and the first question that comes to my mind, did you have a camera in the tree with you? Uh, I, I did. I had a little a uh, small camcorder. I always carry one in my backpack, you know, in case you see Bigfoot or something. But and I, I had it on a, an arm, and I had just got through filming a little bitty six point, you know, and 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 I just kind of shut the camera off and swung my arm over to the side. But when I saw him, he was hard to my left, and he was walking really fast. And I mean, there was no. It was a, literally a four or five second window I had, and I mean, I wasn't going to risk trying to get him on video that ain't that ain't why i hunt but you know there was just no way i never even thought about it so is that funny and, and to me that's that's what i figured because yeah. you know holy cow you carry a camera with you all the time I, I would have to think that when you finally get time to hunt your own place that's the last thing in the world that you're thinking of is is. filming your hunt it is i don't have any camera setups around here you know and every stand i got i can walk to and uh it's just you know you know how it is it's when you go to your places you just you go kind of charge your battery and and no confusion, no nothing, and there's just nothing like it. And to see a deer like that, man, it's just a bonus. So. And because I know uh, you get to hunt all over, and, and when you harvest something like that on the property that you own and that you put the time and sweat equ- equity into it and all the effort that I know you put into that, that, that makes it even nicer. Well, it was sweat equity, too, because when I started, man, you're talking about uh, – uneducated i've had i've had quite the education you know you know people like dave and the guys at biologic the guys at the co-op i just i just ask questions and farmers and uh you know it's uh, it's amazing the first time i planted corn when it actually came up i was wanting to call everybody i knew you know say man i i got a corn cob you know that's the fun part to me now is is seeing what you know what can take place and, and, and maneuvering you know you plant it where you want them to come and Well, th- this year obviously is a brand new year. Here we are in 2012, and Mossy Oak Production seems to grow bigger and bigger. You guys still have your your core program on the Outdoor Channel, which is uh, the, exactly. And then now you've got a whole bunch of shows that are on the Pursuit Channel. Is there anything new and exciting that Mossy Oak is going to come up with from a television standpoint this year? We're, we're always tweaking things. You know, <clears throat> we're getting a lot of traction now with the uh, deer thugs and turkey thugs. You know, there was really nothing exciting or nothing new going on in in the turkey world people just kind of aired turkey hunts because it was the first and second quarter but the turkey thugs is uh the ratings on it are just amazing to me but you know there's and there's probably a lot of reasons for that it's kind of catchy you know and it's kind of edgy but it's also real educational but you know the long-term plan for that for the get-go was uh both the shows turkey thugs and deer thugs the the thug is an acronym for today's hunters uniting for good, and we've joined up with the PVA, you know, the Paralyzed Veterans of America. But they've got a fund called the Outdoor Recreation Heritage Fund, and we're trying to raise money through, you know, the thug product. We've got uh, Quaker Boy doing the calls now, Mossberg's doing a, a turkey thug 
shotguns and deer thug rifles, and now it's starting to generate some interest. So we're going to take some of that, you know, some of that those proceeds and uh, and donate them back to the fund to help, you know, wounded heroes more or less. So that's 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 getting a lot of traction right now. When you were in Vegas for the shot show, I mean, holy cow, that that's like a, a one eighty from the kind of place I guess you could say that we all want to be. Mm-hmm. In Las Vegas, but you know the actual shot show itself and the convention and the and all the displays and stuff are, are very unique. How much time did you have to actually walk around and see things? And and if you did have time to walk around and see things, what impressed you and and what may may have surprised you? Well, you know, this is probably not the answer you want to hear, but I literally don't get any time to do that. I, I mean, I like go. I find out where the closest restroom is, and that's about it. I, I went to two booths. You know, I went to, uh, uh, and they were on the way to the restroom. I, I went by the Mossberg booth and visited with them to see what was coming up. And then I went over to the Quaker Boy booth to see the line of uh, calls that he's doing for the deer thug thing. I had seen the turkey calls, but, you know, there's so many people come by there. That's where, when you used to go to the SHOT Show, you stood there and you showed your wares to dealers. And it's not that's not what the SHOT Show is about anymore for us because we basically don't make anything except television, we license the pattern out. So all those people come by to talk about, you know, sometimes this year it was like they're talking about 2013 because all the business is done. They want to know what's new. and So we try to incorporate as many many of those licensees into our booth as we can so they kind of come by and see us. Mm. Well, you know, the reason I brought that up is that I, I talked about it last week. There's this... Uh, little movement i guess you could say going on in the outdoor industry and it has to do with zombie things mm-hmm. i did see some of that and uh, i just wanted to get your thoughts on that because you know with video games that are out in today's world uh, uh to me it's kind of pulling on an, an area that i don't think is right and that's you know video games and kids and it's not reality and a lot of companies are getting involved in this zombie line of products I, I don't get that, and and number two is I, I don't think it's right. Well, here's my I, I kind of fall into the Ted Nugent world when it comes to stuff like that. I hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about it, but if you watch the 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 reports, the records, the hunting license sales, we're not really doing a lot to recruit new people. You know, we when when I first went to work for Mossy Oak, one of the first things I did way back in the day is deal with outdoor riders. And back then, you know, they were all my age. You know, I, that was back when I was 30-something. And now all the outdoor riders are still my age. You don't see a lot of new people getting into it. So it's like the baiting issue. Uh, you know, as long as it's legal, uh, anything we can do to generate a little interest to recruit new people in it, I'm okay with it at this point because what we've done up to this point hadn't worked real well. I had dove into the zombie thing at all. I'm not a big video game guy. I built my whole place out here for my grandkids, so they'll know what it means to be outside. But at some point, you got to realize that 90% of the people in the world don't get to go outside. And the sad part of that is they would all love to live the same lifestyle you and Kevin and Dave and all live, but they don't know how to do that. You can't go to the country club and get a golf lesson for an hour to learn how to play golf. You can't do that out here. So anything that sparks a little interest, you know, unless it's just over-the-top crazy, I'm pretty much okay with it at this point. 
I got you. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting you should say that, cuz, because, you know, just like with, with my kids this year, especially, obviously, because this was our first year legally to, to bait Georgia. And, you know, we, we probably had out six, six places that, that, that we were corning. We had trail cameras on each of them. And, and before the kids would, would pick a stand where they wanted to go, they wanted to see the trail cam pictures. Yeah. You, you know, and, and, and so we would literally pull up a, a chair with six chips, you know, and, and plug them into the computer and everybody would stand around and, 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 and the, the excitement that those kids yeah. got when they were able to see what was there. It didn't matter if it was 2.30 in the morning. It didn't, it didn't make any difference yeah. to them. You know, if they saw a big eight or something like that, then, you know, it, it, they were they were excited. Um, so I, I I understand your point. Sometimes you got to embrace a little of that technology. I'm like Jeff and you. I'm about as old school as it gets. It took me 12 years to quit shooting my bow with fingers. Right. I mean, I'm as old school as it comes. But at some point, you got to embrace new things. We aired a show one time, and I had a kid, a nine. I'll never forget this. Had a nine-year-old kid in a shooting house in Alabama, and he killed a deer, and it's and for some reason, this guy called. He got to my extension. I never answer my phone. I always answer my cell. But he was he had seen the show, and he was livid. He said, you ain't teaching that kid nothing. You got him hidden in that box, and you were hunting over a food plot. That ain't nothing but bait. And he just chewed me out. And I listened. And towards the end, I said, let me tell you something, buddy. I said, that kid had been hunting with his dad like ten times and hadn't seen the deer. And he was done. I wanted him to go see deer. I had him in that shooting house because he was going to move around. I knew if we hunted that food plot, he'd see some deer. And by the time I got through getting back on that guy, he wanted to know the dimensions in the shooting house so he could build one and how to plant a food plot. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta you got to take people by the shoulder and shake them and say, you know what, we're all on the same team. Yep. I got you. Hey, cuz, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. I uh, want to talk about this uh, USO tour that you and a bunch of folks from the outdoor industry are planning on taking over there in afghanistan that sounds really really cool i'll be right here folks you're listening to the hot life outdoor show and i'm not even going to list the names because holy cow Lagerman, waltz favor edwards and the famous cuz strickland right after this on the hot life outdoor show as a deer hunter i think this happens to us all you're sitting in your stand and you catch a glimpse of a huge buck it happens to be the same buck that fills your dreams and your trail cameras. When you saw him during bow season, he was just out of reach. During gun, he was chasing a doe and moving too fast. You've done everything possible to take this buck. You've moved stands, moved trail cameras. You've taken time off work you shouldn't have. You even missed your niece's wedding. This buck consumes your thoughts. As a matter of fact, there's times when your wife is talking to you, and even though you're looking right at her and shaking your head, you're thinking, man, I wish I had to move that stand on the creek bottom and not on that food plot. You hunt day after day, pass up deer after deer, and then it happens. The last day of deer season goes by, and you still have a tag in your pocket. During turkey season, you find his sheds, and your spirits soar. Starting about August, you put out your trail cameras. About two weeks into it, you finally get a picture of him. He is alive and still around. You look at that picture, and you say, game on. If this has ever happened to you, you need to be a part of Hunt Life. Visit HuntLife.com. Since the first days at Mossy Oak, we've been about getting close to critters. That's what drove us to create Original Breakup more than 12 years ago. Today we're doing it again with all-new Breakup Infinity. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Hey, check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. 
Break Up Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better. There was the explosion, and I remember just opening my eyes, and it got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery, and I'm, what's going to happen next? The Wounded Warrior Project said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit woundedwarriorproject.org. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoors show. And we got a full house, me, Lagerman, and Kirk Waltz, Kevin Favor, and Dave Edwards, <laughs> our wildlife biologist, all in studio and via the phone line. It is the famous Mossy Oak, Cuz Strickland. And uh, Cuz, uh, one of the things that we talked about there in, in Las Vegas was you going over to Afghanistan. Is that right? Well, the 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 the, the tour is actually they're they're listening to Southwest Asia. You know, they, you can't really say where you're going ahead of time. I guess that's a security thing. But I told Lieutenant Colonel Dill, who's put this thing together, him and General Randy West, that I wasn't going to the Baghdad Hotel. And you know that kind of stuff. So yeah, we're. I told him. He said, "Look, you just you understand that his term is we're going to get dirty." And uh, I just, I, it's just a dream for me. You know, a couple of springs ago, I was in camp with Daryl Woolley, the country music guy. He's been over there five or six times and was getting ready to go back. And I was volunteering to let. I said, "Let me go with you. I'll move amps and push boxes. I just want to go." And was telling that story to Colonel Deal, and he said, "You know." We need to get some of these outdoor people over there because we've had, you know, athletes and, and celebrities and musicians and entertainers, and that's kind of where it started. So uh, now it's a it's a done deal. I think it's eight eight or nine of us going over there. We leave February the 25th, and I know our first stop is in Ramstein, Germany, at the big hospital. You know, where all they evacuate all the wounded guys. We're going to stay there for two days, and then, and uh, I think we split up, and then. We're gonna start hitting some of those bases around there, and I'm, I've got 2,500 hats and t-shirts already sent over there and staged up, and you know it ain't like I told him I said, look, it ain't like the Playboy bunnies are coming, but you know at least we'll <laughs> we'll have a group of people from the from the outdoor industry, and and General West said you just won't believe how many of those guys over there hunting fish, and I said, oh yeah, I will, because I get emails from lots of them. So well, it, the Colonel that you're talking about, he's a Lieutenant Colonel Lou Deal. He's retired from the Marine Corps, and he's leader of PVA-ORHF, which is Paralyzed Veterans of America Outdoor Recreation Heritage Fund. Right. And this event that you guys are doing, and I'm reading from the uh, SHOT Show Daily, mm-hmm. uh, Outdoor Legends Tour, it's going to be you, Zumbo, Waddell, Brenda Valentine, uh, Jim Shockey, Jose Wahabi, Jerry Martin, Bill Miller, Ryan Klesko, along with George Thornton, the NWTF president. That's one heck of a lineup. Well, it's, uh, you know, I, I, we had a press conference there, and, you know, after Colonel West, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Deal said his, his deal, you know, I, they wanted me to say something. And I told him, I said, I've never felt more unworthy of anything in my life. You know, I was just wanting to go over there and, and Colonel Dill, he, he had the best line of the thing. When we got through, he turned around and looked at those eight or nine people, and he said, I just want you to know this ain't about you, and it ain't about your TV shows, and it ain't about your sponsors. It's about the soldiers over there. And, uh, it just, man, that made me feel good because that's why I want to go because 
you know, I, it's like Dave said, I get to go a lot of places and do a lot of things, and I see a lot of different kind of people, and some of them are just super guys like y'all. Some of them have big egos and all that, but I never quit thinking about why we're doing what we're doing. And it's people, you know, it's like less than 1% of people serve in the military and less than 1% of them get injured that bad. But those are the people that make it possible for us to do that. And it keeps me humble. When I see somebody complaining about, you know, my stand wasn't in the right place or this or that, I'm like, I got a picture in my office one of them guys sent me of like eight of them sleeping in bandy foxholes around them big armored Humvees. And one one of my field producers come in complaining about this or that, I'll just point at that picture and say, now, do you really want to have this conversation? Yeah, I I can concur. I know I've been working with the Wounded Warrior Project uh, for the last year and a half. And I tell you, you know, when you you sit down with some of these guys, and I've got a 24-year-old son, and some of them are that age. And when they come up to you and, you know, they're, they're wearing prosthetics, I had one in the boat one day, and, and he's standing up there on the bow, and we do a little thing out here. We fish the jetties and because it's really rough. It can be two to three foot, and Jeff and, and Dave and Kevin have all done that with me in the boat. And this young guy's standing next to me, and, and he's only got half a leg. And yeah. I'm looking at him. I'm going, man, you're going to bust your behind. And he goes, hey, look at that. He said, he said this is awesome. He said, it didn't make any difference. He said, I could be riding a camel. Mach three right now, and he said, and be bumping up and down. He said, "This is this is fun, and you and you you know it just warms your heart, you know. It I mean, does. you know, it's, young it's guys. Jeff just, and I were in camp down there at, uh, with uh, Keith Kelly in, near Jacksonville, who's one of the turkey toes, as a matter of fact. Right, and they do a lot of uh, wounded veteran stuff down there. And <clears throat> we had a young kid in camp that had two prosthetics on his legs. We had taken the camo for everybody that was going to hunt. And the first thing he did was rip the the pants off at the knees, he cut them right there so he could have room for those prosthetics to, to bend. And I was sitting there thinking, you know what, I ain't even worthy to be sitting here going to yep a turkey up for this guy. And it, those kind of things, just <clears throat> they just stick with you, you know. And it's like, man, if we can do something, at least we're not doing nothing. So. Yeah. Hey, I got, I got, a, I, I know you can't do any turkey hunting over there, but, you know, some of my guys I've, I've fished with in the last year and a half, tell me about these, uh, these big old camel spiders out there, you know, they, 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 they quite the do competition, you know, that? yeah. And I know you're, you're feeling about spiders like mine. Uh, you know, how do you feel about that? I heard they're about as big as a nine inch plate. Let me tell you something. I don't care if that spider's as big as, as a Labrador retriever. If he ain't got a snake in his mouth, we okay. I hadn't done any research on, <clears throat> I hadn't done any research on what kind of snakes roll there. Cause I don't want to know. Yeah. But uh, I'm trying not to think about it. I ain't big on flying either, but I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to suck it up and go. But uh, spiders, I don't care about them. But, you know, I just hope I don't run into many snakes over there. I'd hate to see them soldiers see a, you know, a 58-year-old grown man scream like a little girl. But, you know, it could happen is all I can say. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. If I saw one of those spiders, I'd rip my clothes off getting out of that tent. <laughs> You know, because we talk about things that are overseas and with Mossy Oaks Productions, you know, most of the shows that I see anyway, and I don't see them all, uh, not nearly all, all of them, most of the shows that you guys do are based here in the United States. Uh, but have you gone anywhere out of country that made you go, wow, this is really neat, then really piqued your interest to want to go back that's not here in the United States? You know, though, we do... 
Well, number one, if you get buried, here's what I've been doing this since 1994. We, we aired our first show on TNN. And so it's, you know, you kind of watch the ratings to see if, and I learned early on that content does matter. You know, some people do the TV show so they can go explore and do all these adventures. But I can just tell you straight up, if you get very far away from white-tailed deer in the woods, your ratings die. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's ducks or turkeys or elk or anything else. So we concentrate on what the average guy can relate to. But to answer your question is uh, I did go to, I've been a lot of places. You know, I've been to Canada and uh, Newfoundland and stuff like that. I hadn't hadn't gone to Africa just because I hadn't been bit by that bug. We've produced some shows for people over there. But New Zealand turkey hunt was one that I'd go back to in a heartbeat because there's so many turkeys over there. Now, they're a little aggravating because they don't really come to you that hard. They gobble their brains out, but they're real flock mentality. But there's just thousands and thousands of turkeys over there, and nobody's hunting them. Are they Rios? Well, you know, they're kind of a... I'm going to say they're kind of... It looks like they brought two different kinds. I think they brought Rios and Ghouls over there, and they huh. kind of intermix, but they gobble their brains out. And the, the greatest part about that place over there is there's no predators. And I mean nothing. There's no possums, no fire ants, no snakes. So you can crawl around and get yourself in a position to ambush them, <laughs> and you don't have to worry about nothing. It was just the most fun that you could have turkey hunting. It was crazy fun. Now, they don't have any spiders over there? I didn't see any. I didn't see nothing. <laughs> but I tell you what they don't have over there. They don't have nothing good to eat. I know the first day I got there, after that 12-hour plane ride, I was starving to death, and they fed us some kind of pumpkin soup that night. And I was like, I was so hungry the next morning, I was lightheaded. You were looking for a water burger. <laughs> they, ain't, they ain't any over there. Hey, the first day at lunch, I saw him fixing a picnic basket, and I said, I'm, I'm home free now. And he opened a basket, and there was these little bitty sandwiches, and they had cucumbers and mint jelly. Oh. And I told that guy, I said, well, on the way home tonight, you got to stop at the store. I'll find me something to eat. But anyway, we killed some turkeys, so I started breasting them turkeys out. And uh, so I made it. I have got bought me some flour and some cooking oil. I was good to go <laughs> for the rest of the <laughs> All right, Cuz, we're going to take another break here. Uh, hang tight with us. Yes, sir. Folks, Cuz Strickland from Mossy Oak, along with me, Jeff Logman, Kevin Favor, Kirk Waltz, and Dave Edwards, our wildlife staff biologist, uh, right after this quick break here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. After sweating it out all afternoon, I have finally accepted that no turkey of any kind lives within a mile of where I'm sitting. Time to pack it in. And just in time to get a text from Joe. He's wrapping it up, too, with tags filled. Ouch. But as I throw in the towel, it hits me. In just 30 minutes, I'll be back at camp. We'll all settle in, kick back, talk about the day, cheer our successes, and cheer our failures. Best thing is, we'll do it all with a spirit of friendship and fellowship. It's the fellowship of hunters everywhere, safely home from the hunt. Without a doubt, this is the Hunt Life. If you're living the Hunt Life too, it's time you tell the world about it, even if it is a little chilly outside. Check out the online store at HuntLife.com for our ultra-warm hooded sweatshirt, fleece vest, and knit cap. This winter, show everyone you're living the Hunt Life. Visit HuntLife.com today. You want to get really close to critters this fall, then you'll have to try all new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. 
Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled effective design. Together, they represent the most dramatic high-tech leap in the history of camo. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Break up Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camo pattern just got better. Let fish and wildlife biologist Scotty Brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. They help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority. Their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. The Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jakes, women in the outdoors, and wheeling sportsmen, they want to be the best conservation organization in the world. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. And welcome back and want to say hello to our newest affiliate, WKACAM in Athens, Alabama. Good morning. Network continues to grow and grow. And our special guest via the hotline, I guess you could say, is Mr. Cuz Strickland from Mossy Oak. And Cuz, 2012 with Mossy Oak Productions. Uh, What's new and what's exciting and what's impressing you so far with the footage that you've been able to get? Well, we just came off one of the best falls ever. I mean, you know, I don't know if it's because, you know, everybody's, managing their deer or whatever but we uh we've done something pretty different we've always had you know four five six television shows and we go out in groups and teams and film and then when we get back we kind of okay this this hunt goes on hunting the country you know like where dave and his little boys hunt was that was a great show and and then this hunt will go there but we've kind of split up in teams i've got two guys handling deer thugs and turkey thugs and two guys handling hunting the country and uh, a couple of guys are, are shooting the stuff for the new show. We changed the Obsession Revealed and gave it a facelift. That show is now called Inside the Obsession. And uh, what we've learned is, you know, through the years, people have, back in the day when I first started, man, there wasn't anybody doing this. But man, anything. If, if I got footage of a turkey walking behind a bush, I'd run back to the thing and say, man, y'all check this out. Well, now everybody's doing that. But... You know, what people are really interested in are stories and characters. That's why the deadliest catch and swamp people and shows like that are going crazy. So inside the obsession kind of centers on a person and, and kind of tries to tell you a little bit of the story of how they got that obsession with the outdoors and, and kind of what they do during their daily life. And it's, uh, it's really interesting. We've got, uh, I was editing on one yesterday with, uh, Bill Leppard, who's on our pro staff, Kevin knows who that is, mm-hmm. too, but his 
full-time job is he's a uh, he's, he works for the sheriff's department up there near Cincinnati, but he's uh, he he supervises high-risk parolees, and uh, he don't have to have them come to see him. He kind of does surveillance and stuff and stops those. People. It's just a fascinating, very high dangerous job, and we got permission to ride with him, you know, for a couple of days. Of course, we slipped a little bow hunting in there at the same time, but. People oh, yeah. are interested in that kind of stuff. They love to know what people's stories are. So Inside the Obsession is new for 2012. It started airing a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we're, we're pretty excited about that one as well. Yeah, the uh, it's funny you mentioned the deadly sketch. We've had Captain Andy Hillstrand on the show before, wow. and, and he's talked about how you know what they do and, and how the Discovery Channel comes in. They put so many different cameras around, and so he said after a while you get used to it. He said, but it, when it first starts out, you're like, holy cow, can I do anything without it being on camera? <laughs> yep. uh, and, and that kind of, and what you say also reminds me of, holy cow, the number of cameras that are high def now that anybody can get for an affordable price, and the number of cameras that you could have in the field for Mossy Oak Productions to film footage. I mean, that, that has to be a huge difference for you in getting the footage that you're after is the number of cameras that you can have that are affordable and that are high-def and portable. It's, 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 it's crazy. People ask me all the time, man, what kind of camera, what do I need to buy my camera? And I'll tell them, look, go to Walmart. I mean, everything's high-definition, unbelievable audio if you're standing close by them, a low-lux factor, meaning they'll work in the dark. And, you know, it, it, unless you were doing this 25 years ago, you can't appreciate it. The first camera I used had tubes in it. That you had to turn the camera on. It was hooked to a big recording deck that had tubes in it. You had to turn that on, punch, play, and record. I can tell these young kids that are working for me that story, and they they don't even know what a tube is. The thing weighed eighty pounds, <laughs> and now you can. I mean, literally, if you can hold it still, I mean, it's it's high definition, unbelievable. And I'm I'm all for it. Now that's what kind of started the the TV revolution. Is when the cameras got so small. And uh, for me, the downside is that I kind of like them toggle switches and dials, and now everything's tiny little menu-driven stuff. I have to wear my glasses. It's a little aggravating. Yeah, that's one of the biggest issues I have. I mean, we do a little bit of filming, and, and it's like when somebody goes, here, hold the camera and take a picture of me, and you're going, oh, my gosh, it's so small, I'm going to drop the thing. And you're like, yeah. okay, turn it this way, and you're going, my hands are covered with all this goo and stuff. And you're going, <laughs> how much does this thing cost? And you're going, oh, that's only, you know, three, $4,000. Just don't drop it. Yeah. And you're going, God, it's so small. But technology, I mean, even with the new iPhone, I mean, it's amazing the stuff that you see with these little itty-bitty flat phones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just think about the footage that I got this year in Kansas with, with my phone. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, the first uh, inside the obsession that aired this year was about one of our field producers. His name's Joe White. We call him Mighty Joe Mighty White. Mighty Joe. Mighty Joe White. Uh, you know who that is. But anyway, you know, he lives up in Missouri. He lost everything he had to, when the tornadoes went through Joplin. I mean, leveled everything. Mm. And I was up there 24 hours later, and the only thing I took with me was one of those little Kodak uh, mini cameras. I mean, it looks like a cell phone. And I didn't go up there to video all this, but I was uh, I started shooting and shooting and shooting. And just, you know, and I got, I was talking to Joe. And I said, Joe, here's, just give a little thank you here to the Mossio crew. We donated a money and took stuff up there but anyway when we aired the first two segments of that whole tv show were shot with that little cell phone camera thing and they were just unbelievably good so technology and in, in that regard is a good thing for sure 
that the, the yeah the mic i mean heck the camera that i have you can take high def video mm-hmm. holy cow it's crazy how it how it's been revolutionized and i think when you have technology that advances like that i think you come with new challenges uh, particularly in in the outdoor production industry and what is the greatest challenge that you face year in and year out now that you know we are in the technology era with cameras cuz well i tell them all the time and i learned this from a guy at uh, ESPN, because back in the day, you know, we were on TNN, and then it changed to Spike, and we didn't want to be there. And we moved our shows to uh, ESPN, and I was up there meeting with those guys. They, I was in a boardroom with five or six guys from, you know, Berkeley Film School, and they were looking at me going, you know, this redneck don't know anything about TV. And I was looking at them going, these fancy boys ain't never been hunting. <laughs> and we were in this big heated argument about how to produce TV. And finally, one of these guys, he just slammed his fist down on the table. He said, look, give me a reason to root for him. And that's always stuck in my head that, you know, telling a story is really hard because you got to go back into background. you got to get old pictures and stuff like that. But so many hunting shows don't do that. They've gotten so good at filming a huge deer getting killed that you got to do something else to raise the bar and keep people interested. And, and you know, it's, it, it kind of numbs you. You see so many 160, 170, 180-inch deer, and the average guy can't relate to that, in my opinion. You know, a guy in Pennsylvania or in Jacksonville, he ain't going to see a 180-inch deer. That's right. And if he wants to shoot, uh, you know, a six-point, well, you know what? If that's his buck, then that's his buck. So I, I, we try to concentrate as hard as we can on how great of people partake in all this. Because I'm telling you, I've been in, and I mean, Jeff, you've been in sports and everything. There's great people all around. But I'm telling you, from the top to the bottom, it's hard to find a better group of people than partaking hunting and fishing with a passion. Well, you, you're right on the money. And, hey, Cuz, thanks for spending the time with us. Well, look, I, I'm honored to be asked. I know what you guys do in your all time and, and what you stand for in any time. I can come on the show and share a few minutes with y'all. It's an honor. Well, and, Thanks, and, and 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 do us a favor. Uh, when you go to, I guess, what, Asia? Southwest guess, Asia is the official The call. official term, <laughs> Southwest Asia. When you go to Southwest Asia, uh, just pass on our appreciation for all the men and women that serve our country. Please. Because uh, that, yeah. that is the hardest job that anybody could ever have. Amen. Well, I promise you, as soon as I get back, I'm going to call you and say, all right, let's do the show. I'm going to tell you what's going on over there if you'll have me back. I'd love to. Love right. to. Want to hear all about it. Thank you, Cuz. Thank you for having me. Y'all have a good one. See you, Cuz. That's Cuz Strickland from Mossy Oak Productions. You know, I had a chance to meet a lot of people, and so have you guys in the industry. Mm-hmm. Right. What you see is what you get. One of the greatest, most caring, genuine guys you will ever meet in the outdoor industry. I agree. Yeah. It's very evident. Yep. And no you're question. listening to the Hot Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Logman, Kevin Favor, Kirk Waltz, and our staff just Dave Edwards, all in studio. And thanks again to Cus Strickland Mossyuk. One more short little segment right after this with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. As a hunter, we all know that perfect morning. You wake up early before the sun, you have a cup of coffee, grab some snacks, and start towards your stand. You have waited for this morning all year. The wind's perfect, the temperature's just right, and the bucks are in full rut. You sit in the dark, straining your ears for any little noise. The sun finally starts to filter through the trees, then it happens. A doe comes by you on a fast trot. You immediately clip your release to your bow because you know he is coming. 
hear a loud grunt and see antlers. It's a buck, a big buck. You stand up trying not to concentrate on the antlers. Your hands are shaking. You can't control the trembling in your knees. You draw the bow back praying the buck continues down the trail. But as big bucks do, he turns. Your heart sinks. You have a decent shot, but not one you're comfortable with. You decide to let him go. Even though you're disappointed, you can't help but think just how cool that was. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. That's why they started Hunt Life, so we can share our outdoor experiences with each other. If you know this feeling, visit HuntLife.com, because Hunt Life knows it's all about the outdoor experience. America's number one camo pattern just got better. All new breakup infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequal, effective design. Together, they break up Hunter's outline like never before. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Break up infinity for Mossy Oak. It's not a passion, it's an obsession. We know the future of hunting depends on our nation's youth. But did you know that in many states, it's illegal for you to take your son or daughter hunting until the age of 12 or even older? As a result, we have fewer young hunters, and the Families of Field program is designed to eliminate those barriers. Hunting is safe, and the safest hunters of field are young people with adult mentors. Visit our website at familiesoffield.org to find out how you can bring more families afield. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoors show. And welcome back, full studio, including our staff biologist, whitetail biologist, wildlife biologist, Dave Edwards, and we had Cus Strickland on. And, and guys, you've all had a chance to meet Cus Strickland. And he, like I said, he is one of the best sure. in the industry. And the deer that he got on his place in Mississippi, wow! I mean, so, so if you had to take a guess, because because everybody guess, wants to know, you know, yeah, I mean, if I, know, I had to take a guess, I mean, you know, total inches, you know, not, we're not talking the crazy measurement where you. Deduct no, 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 no. We're talking gross. Yeah, he's 170 plus. Really? Oh, he's monster. And he wow. got him with a bow. With a bow on you his know, own place. And nobody deserves it more than Cuz. No. Because I've seen him over the time that he's had that property. And you're, you, you know, you guys own property too. Of how much you think about, you do, you sweat, and all the stuff. He's doing, <laughs> and then, like you said, it was 90% pasture. He's created that whitetail paradise. Yeah. Even though it's, you know, from a deer standpoint, it's a relatively small property. What he's done there has grown that deer, and then he's done, you know, hunted right to be able to. He, he claimed luck. There wasn't a lot of luck involved in that. He, no. You know, that, he did things right. No, at night I got a chance uh, when we were there in Mississippi for the pro staff meeting because I said, hey, what are you doing today? And I said, I don't know. What, what do you want to do? And he said, let's go see my place. I said, man, I'd love to see your place. So I got a chance to see it and to see all the work that he's done, uh, you know, building the house. He's got a man cave there. And the tree stands, and, you know, the after the tour, you know, and I've looked at a lot of different properties, and I've got property inside. I mean, I know what it's all about and the hard work that it requires and everything. But the thing that impressed me the most, you know, the, as you, I think every time you look at one property, you always come away with one thing that says, that makes you think, I need to do a better job like he did. Mm-hmm. His stands are so concealed. Right. Uh holy cow because he's got a lot of natural oaks and right then the sweet gums and trees that have suckers and stuff his stands he has to point them out for you to see them. yeah and 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 i think that's honestly this year that's the the, the one thing that i've 
kept looking at was behind me because I'm going, you know what? I just don't feel like, especially bow hunting. Yeah. You know, you, you don't need this big window of opportunity to yeah. bow hunt. You have to have a window, a hole. you know, because there's so much movement and everything else that you have to do with the bow and you get busted so many times. I think that's a great point, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I really looked at that hard this year. When it plays back into why he was able to harvest that big buck. And, you know, we've talked about hunting pressure before and particularly with that small yep. property being concealed, having those stands the way Cuz does them. You know, like I said, it wasn't luck. Right. Well, and he's got obviously a lot of experience in the field and trying to hunt whitetails and trying to get them on camera is way more challenging. Right. So, so with the demands being ramped up, you know, to have a camera and capture it on film, he really understands the nature of concealment. Uh, and his property is beautiful. Oh, holy cow, some of the oak hammocks that he has. Uh, wow. Cool. But it's, it's gorgeous. And when he said that he has a hunt, hunt clubs all around him, he's not lying. Oh. I mean, no. it is truly he, he bought it right in the middle. Of them. I mean, he's right in the middle of them, and they're all around him. I mean, when you drive to his place, I mean, you're driving past one of the pole barns, you know, that all the hunting club members hang out at, and they don't like to wave a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show with me, Jeff Logman, Kevin Favor, Kirk Waltz, and Dave Edwards, and uh, again, big thank you to Cus Strickland and Moss Joke, and stay tuned next week. Who sure. knows who we're going to have right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Thank you for listening to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. Be sure to check out the very latest in the Hunt Life by logging on to HuntLife.com. The Hunt Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hunt Life Productions. Copyright 2012.